Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. Coming live from California, I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl and here are today's topics. Manchester United drop points as the Saints put in another impressive performance. Three straight Premier League losses for Antonio Conte's Spurs as defensive errors continue. West Ham grab a late equaliser at Leicester City. Liverpool get the job done at Turf Moor to keep pace with the league leaders. Ryan Sterling scores a hat-trick as City easily wins against Newcastle early. It's sorry, sorry, and Everton put on a show at Gibbons Goodison Park. And we will quickly mention the Chelsea victory in the World Club Cup. Okay, Robbie Earl. Um, first of all, everybody, apologies if you can hear music beaming, bounding, vibrating our little Super Bowl shelter here. We're in this kind of <laughs> little control room that's set up here just outside the SoFi Stadium. The game's going to get cracking. All the music started right now. Uh, it's going to be fun to be a part of it, my friend. And we've just finished our broadcast and we're going to yeah. chat now for a little while on our podcast. And then... Mm-hmm. Take our suit and tie off, mate. We're going to put a pair of jeans on and a t-shirt, and we're going to go and have a beer and get a little bit of feel of what the Super Bowl is all about. Yeah, LA style, my friend, LA style. But before we go LA style, let's talk yeah. about the Premier League. And I don't think we can ever talk about the Premier League without talking Manchester United. One-one draw at home to Southampton, very similar to the game we played midweek against Burnley. Some good things in the first half. They go a goal up into half-time, into the start of the second half. They can see the goal. Confidence oozy, uh, starts to drop. Players start to not take on the responsibility. And Manchester United stutter to another point. The problem that, that this has, Rob, and we had a chat about it, I think, on the podcast last time. We talked about it on our broadcast for those who were watching or listening over the weekend. That you know, Ralph Ragnick is, is quite a divisive character and, and seems to... Ru- rub some people up the wrong way and don't see the value in his work and talk about riffs and that, he, you know, players don't like him and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think we both agree, like, let this guy do his job. Let him try and get to what he needs to do by the end of the season. And let's judge him and the team then. Unfortunately, results and performances like we saw at the weekend for Manchester United only adds fuel to the argument that is he the right guy? Is Chris Armas who's been talked of as the Ted Lasso, but quite disrespectfully, really, in terms of the coaches come in. And doesn't it doesn't a 1-1 draw with Southampton, having been 1-0 up, and should be looking to kick on and, and, and make the game secure, doesn't a 1-1 draw against the Southampton team add fuel to the argument that he's not the right guy, it's not working, we're not much better? It might for some, Rob, but it, it's not for me. Not for me. He's a good coach trying to do the right things, trying to coach them in a way that's more of a teamwork, that's going to get benefit of the players working together. We've said it before. United in the past have been allowed to run wild with no shape, big Mm -hmm. gaps, big distances. He said it after this one that we have a lot of technical players in the team and and we're finding it difficult to maintain our compactness through a game. Um, of course, there'll be criticism on the coach, given the squad of players. But I think at some point, Rob, now, mm. you know, he's doing his best with this squad. It's time to question the players a lot more, my friend. You, know, you can you can think about the front three players, Rashford, Ronaldo and Jaden Sancho, the $100 million man from Borussia Dortmund. The facts are that Jaden Sancho has done better of late. He looks brighter, but he's nowhere near the consistent production of other big teams in this league. 
Marcus Rashford, moments of superb brilliance, an absolute diamond of a human being of what he's doing off the field, but he's not consistently playing well. Again, not like some of the other teams and players in those spots. Cristiano Ronaldo, eight goals, three assists in 19 Premier League games, hasn't scored for a while, looks out of sorts, mm. looks looks like he's... Uh, is, you've got to be careful, of course, what you say about him because he's a class player with sharpness and a brilliant finisher. But at this Premier League level, it's the highest level around European football and he's not looking as effective as what the club may be expected. Edison Cavani played last time, didn't look great. So of a front three players, that, or even more when you consider some of the other guys there that's not available, of course, right now, um, that side of the team isn't doing great. And it's, you know, what can he do more? You know, we know it need to get the, the team needs to score more goals. He's got Pogba in midfield. He's got Bruno Fernandes in midfield. He's just got one holding player now. He hasn't got uh, Fred as well as McTominay. You know, he's got his more attacking fullbacks, Rob, in, in Dallow and Luke Shaw getting forward to try and make things happen. He's trying to turn the dial up to be creative, to be attacking, whilst trying to be compact defensively as well. And, of course, we haven't seen that. United aren't defensively as strong and as solid as they need to be. But the main problem right now is the scoring of goals. And we said about the stats of those 70 shots in three games, just three goals coming from it. So at some point, for me, in my opinion, I'm not questioning or, 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 or really scrutinising the coach in this one. I'm looking more at the players and the team and how they're doing, how individuals are playing. And that, for me, is more of a reason why United are not in a spot where we think they should be than the guy himself. Well, well and I hear your point, and I think you know, he, made, he made valid points uh, as ever. I suppose that the question then comes down to, if you know, and we talked about, are these players good enough? I mean, I'd put Harry Maguire, Rob, we talked about him on the podcast, as a captain. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's, he's that, an absolute, on, on form, he shouldn't be in the Trin, team. If Trin, you're, Trin, you're over to Lindelof, he should be banging that door down and going, hold on a minute, this guy in playing. He's doing no luck defending. He's, he, there was a, a shot of him where he gets taken on, on in the wide areas by Brozier. His body's turning in a completely wrong direction. He's trying to poke his leg out. That's your England, That's a captain of your football club. Mm. I think the question is, Rob, you know, if, if we cut to the chase, will Ralph, I mean, successful Ralph Ragnar, the reason why he was appointed was to... Obviously, look at players, assess things, looking, but to finish fourth, to take a team that finished second and spent £190 million in, in, on, on talent and make sure you're in the Champions League. Are you convinced then that by saying that he's a guy or this is a guy that, that Manchester United can grab that fourth spot? Because that's really what it'll be judged on, Rob. Fourth spot or not? Yeah, and listen, I, I'm just not sure that... that... Any other manager right now, maybe bar a, a two, or, two or three of the, of the world's best or whatever, will get a lot more out of these guys right now. I mean, he's got he's playing an attacking system. He's got the attacking midfield players in their creativity. He's got. To, I mean, what you know, what else what else can you can you expect? I mean, longer term for him, of course, we don't know what's going to happen longer term. You know, I think there's a growing. Well, in fact, there's two sides, isn't there? There's if you, whatever you read or whatever you listen to, there's two sides to who might come over next. Mm. Richard Pochettino, if you listen to some pockets of media you know, is the one that players won. The club have been keen on him for a long period of time. We, you know, we said it a million times back in the time where they could have got him, that they didn't get him. They should have got him when they uh, had Oleg and Solskjaer in charge. And Eric Ten Hag is the other one, Rob, which is, of course, linked more, you know, in terms of philosophy, etc. Yeah, to, to, to Ralph Ragnick. Now, I like the idea of that one just as much as Pochettino. You know, we're both fans yeah. of Pochettino. Yeah. 
But I think Ralph Ragnick talks sense. I think he's experienced. He's done good work at other clubs in a director of football role. You know, who knows how much control or say he's going to have in his consultancy role. Um, but if it's, you know, Eric Ten Hag, with the way that he's done great work at Ajax with younger players, the style of play, you know, I, I, I like that combination a little bit. But that's in the future. You know, right now, and he's learning now, Rob, and he'll report back to the board of directors and the owners, you know, what do you think to this squad and what's needed? And he's already said, by the way, which I'm not sure it's a brilliant thing to say, but he's already said it's obvious we need a new young striker. And it is kind of obvious. Um, that piles a little bit of pressure on Giovanni and Ronaldo. I don't necessarily say, listen, it does. And obviously the striking situation is difficult with the Mason Greenwood add that to, to it as well. But, but I'm just not convinced. I think for me, we're getting to the point where I'm not sure some of these players, you, you say, you know, what he's doing and what he's trying. And maybe it's because of thing. I look at that defence, Rob. Joe Dallow's not a top four, top six right back in, in the country. Luke Shaw, I think, fit and, and, and in a good shape can be. I'm yeah. not sure they've got a centre-back partnership yet. I'm not sure that Varane and, and Maguire are it. I'm not sure Bailly, when he comes in, is it. Or Lindelof. I'm not sure they've still got a centre-back pairing. All the successful teams have had, and I'm sure we can we can name those. So, that that defensively, I still think there's issues. Midfield, I'm not convinced when they haven't got the ball that a Pogba and Bruno axis as two eights that works well, McTominay, is good enough to play top four. So I still think you've got issues around personnel, balance, system playing uh, style of play from the midfield. And you've talked about the front line. So while it's Manchester United, while it's a team we think should be probably in the top four for, for talent, when you actually pick through it, it ain't as great as, we think, as you think, Rob. This, this team isn't as great as you think. Just on the back of this game, Rob, in the first 45 minutes, that again, there's some good periods from United. And by the way, we we will, and we and we should credit Southampton, yeah, Rob. Yeah, a team that are yeah, absolutely yeah. on their game. And this is always going to be an awkward encounter against Southampton that, that outplayed Spurs, won that game against M3-2. So it was always going to be a difficult game. But I thought, you know, based on the first half, Paul Pogba, you know, and, and this is so typical where he can frustrate he's not reliable you can't hang your hat on him but wasn't he good in the wasn't he good in the well, first good. half an hour yeah, that's I mean, what you want that's what that's the problem you want now why you only get out for spells for horse for moments i don't know but that's what the paul pogba at a playing at his peak in a good Manchester united team is a threat They've still got a chance in the top four, Robbie. We'll move on to some yeah, other teams as well. It, I mean, nobody else. Individual ability. Yeah, and but but there's, you know, we'll go through the teams and stuff. But I mean, it, they've absolutely still got it on their chance to get in the top four. Um, they've had some. They've had some disappointing results, Rob. I would say with the performances, there's good signs, and of course, the the, the obvious part right now is that they can't put a performance together for 90 minutes. They can play well. They can create a ton of opportunities. They always don't score a ton, but they you know, they score and then they can't see games out by managing it, whatever it is. So they've got to get over that. If they get over that. But, but, but again, and, and I hear your point, and I'm not saying it's totally Ragnick's fault, but you talked about Southampton just before we move on, because we want to talk Spurs and Wolves next, but the the... the Value of coaching, the value of working with a group of players, go through, and, and I, I think I said this to you when we looked at it the weekend, go through the, the Southampton 1-11. to 11. 
there's nothing special in there. The value of coaching, the value of understanding, the value of, of systems of play. We talked about little routines where they keep getting Will Prowse off on the side when he's even putting the yeah. ball in the team. No. That level of coaching with a player of less quality than Manchester United means yeah. that Southampton can compete. Why yeah. can't Manchester United get that level of coaching well, to improve them again to another level? Well, Ralph Raggett will say, well, because he's had three years. And Hassan Hurtle said it himself, Rob, that he's had three years to groove this system and he's finally I, I, found I'm, a way. I'm, I'm, you know not I mean? saying that. I'm not saying the time, but I'm saying the value of coaching is yeah, you've got to get the right coach to, to take... Manchester United and be given to a time where they, where they can, correct. Yeah, but, but a really good coach that's smart, yeah. that's intelligent, correct. that can, can, can work on attacking themes to develop mm. the team. I feel right now Ralph, Ralph Radnick, Rob, is still like emergency mode, plugging holes and trying to find... Firefighting everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, with all the stuff that's coming out as well. So it's not an easy job. Everybody, former, you know, a lot of pros, a lot of journalists, you know, it's so quick to dismiss somebody who's trying to do something a little different. And you know, he's trying to he's trying to coach and make. He's a very experienced guy. I mean, he knows the game. It's just, you know, when the results aren't good, a club like United, you're going to get hammered. Yeah, and, just... and the noise is going, to, is going to liven up now based on this result and previous ones. Um, but the, the, the bottom line is, it is about results, my friend. And it is yeah. coming to the last kind of quarter of the season or whatever, where they're desperate to get in the top four. Um, you know, I, I still think they'll find a way to do it. But of course, I can make an argument for everybody else as well in that race, you know, them doing it and them not doing it. So, or to play for, I think it's going to be the, the most fascinating part of the season, Rob, going forward is the race for that top four spot. And by the way, they've got an interesting game at Ellen Road coming up next Sunday. Leeds v Manchester United. I mean, one to watch for them. I mean, <laughs> Leeds and Manchester United have some serious history going back to um, Cantonon before those days. Let's talk about a team that are having a bit of a struggle, my friend. Tottenham Hotspur went to Wolves today. Both teams vying for a top four spot. Tottenham with plenty of games in hand. Wolves with a bit of decent form and um, probably the most efficient team in the league. Conceded, scored 19 goals, conceded only 17. Um, Wolves go and get the job and, and, and get their 2-0. And it was really interesting, wasn't it? Because we spoke with all the white hoodies shows at the weekend and talked about this. Who can have the top four spot? And we talked about United and West Ham and Arsenal and Spurs. And it was a, it wasn't a throwaway, but we said, I suppose Wolves are in there, really, aren't they? And we kind of kept saying, well, yeah, it's a, they'll probably drop out at some point. But maybe we're wrong. Maybe they're not going to quite drop out in the, in the manner that we thought. Yeah, given given today's result, Rob, maybe, yeah, maybe it was good that I think Arlo brought up on, mm. on the set about, yeah. you know, we should speak about Wolves there close by, yeah. you know, under the radar type of thing. And then they go and do this. They mm. go and do this at the home of of a club that, that wants to get there, that feels they can get there with a manager that's got tremendous reputation. But he's struggling, Rob. You know, you talk about a manager and affecting his team and coaching in a way to get the most out of them. Defensively, we thought that he was addressing and, and, and building a foundation back there. Yeah. And we, we understood, like, you know, he's more of a counter-attacking coach anyway. Mm -hmm. But that foundation is brittle. It's brittle. And the lack of footballing, possession, build-up play, if you like, hurts the front players, so in that they're not scoring, they're not creating, they're not keeping clean sheets. I mean, are you surprised, Rob? I think, you know, when he first took over, I, yeah. I remember saying things like, well, there you go. This is what you're going to mm. get. Defensive yeah. clean sheet, you know, counter-attacking goals. But it's dropped off. Is that mm. three losses on the spin? You know, he's had a couple of new players in the window. 
Um, time to work with his defending players and systems and shapes and shadow play and all the stuff that we talked about, and they're going to get fitter. But I mean, with a chance to get in the top four, given the others, the others kind of performance levels, what's going on at Spurs? Oh, again, uh, it, it's an interesting one because supposedly good managers have gone into Tottenham Hotspur and kind of keep ending up in the same place, regardless of, of, of they've given money or not given money or bought players or not since play, since Pochettino left. Kind of feels like things get bright and then they drop off, and it feels like almost feels like there's a bit of a heavy cloud somewhere on the club that it just can't break free of. And, and like you say, you start seeing a bit of defensive structure, you think, Oh, that's going to be it, he's going to sort the defense out. And then we know with Kane and Son and Mura and um players up front, and he, he, he's bought in uh, this Kulusevsky guy and, and, and um Stephen Bergwine got lots of attacking threats, but he. I don't know, Rob, it just doesn't seem to work. And as you said, listen, not scoring at the other end, only 28 goals scored, that's less than Southampton. You can see at the other end, that's 29 goals, that's more than Brighton. So teams that you would think it should be better than, they're not, Rob. And again, I suppose at some point, it's a bit like Man United, you have to look at the group and go, is it as good as we think? Oh, are we over? Are we, are we over-talking some of these players? I don't know, mate. I mean, we, we, surely we can't over-talk Harry Kane and Hyunmin Son. No, I mean, no. you, you talk about the, the, the Southampton scored more goals than them. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Crystal mm. Palace have scored 32 goals. Now, they've played a couple more games, granted. That's four more goals than Spurs so far. I mean, it's... Uh, it, you know, football n- never ceases to, to amaze and mm. fascinate you, doesn't it, when, when you expect one thing. Yeah. Um, but, my friend... We got to start talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers, and my underappreciated performer of the weekend is their manager, Bruno Large. What a like job! Like what it. a job he's doing in in such a different way to Nuno. And and we caught an interview with him at the end of our show, Robert. And, and a couple of quotes I, I made a note of because I thought this is so Bruno Large. Of course, he said it was a great result, but it's the way we played. And quote, he's, the way that we played, we're mm. playing our game. And he said it again, the way we played pleased him the most. He is so mm. determined to play in a style, in an expensive, expansive attacking way that is his philosophy, it's his DNA, that he's, 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 of course, he's joyfully spreading across his football club. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that he's so intent on performing in a way. It's almost like if we get our performance right, if we move the ball, if we keep it, if we defend well, if we attack together and defend together, the results will come. Mm. And and I've got to be honest, if, I'm a, if I was a young fan and, I, and you know, he, hearing and seeing that philosophy at my club would be a joy to me. Is, is mm. a, if, if going to watch that and seeing this team play and my manager at the end of it after a brilliant performance and an unexpected victory away at Spurs saying, it's the way that we play that most pleases me. He is underappreciated, Rob. And of course, you know, he's, he's still new. And as time goes on and this team develops and the results we, of course, continue to examine, he's going to be a bigger, bigger name in this league. You know, we've seen managers have great seasons and drop off the next season. Of course, we'll, we'll judge that longevity as mm. the seasons go by and the months go by. But he deserves this underappreciated, Rob, because mm. nobody talks about Bruno Lage. We talk about Graham Potter all the time, Rob. And we talk about yeah. Brendan Rodgers in the past. Right now, we should be talking about Bruno Lage. Results with that squad quietly playing a style of football that's joyful and uh, just a, a great story in this Premier League right now. Yeah, really good shout, Bruno Large coming in after Nuno. Not 
easy boots to fill, but certainly done that. Got us, got Wolves playing in a different way. Got Jimenez back on the pitch and exciting team. Who I'm telling you, like you say, you can't rule out of that of that for the race for the top four spot, especially with the way they play and a defensive record. But only 17 goals conceded. I mean, huh? that's that's the bedrock in which he's building his team. Let's move it on to Leicester City facing West Ham. So two teams. West Ham looking to hold on to fourth spot. Uh, a Leicester City team that have had a bit of a struggle of late under Brendan Rodgers. And Brent, it was interesting with the team. I was looking at the Leicester team. Most of the, the, the players were back who either rested, dropped, or whatever you want to call. So, Inchu was back in the team. Tillemans was back in the team. Yeah. Barnes was back in the team. Yeah. It's pretty much, apart from one or two, maybe Evans and Pavano, you know, um, a strongish Leicester team. Um, they conceded early, uh, went 1-0 down to West Ham. No surprise, Jared Bowen getting the goal. But then found themselves back in the game through a penalty and a Pereira header. And we're 2-1 up, Rob, with two or three minutes to go. West Ham get a, full, a corner, and I'll leave you to guess what happens. A mm. corner against Leicester City, and we pretty much know what the outcome's going to be. Yeah, infuriating for Leicester City fans. Mm. You know, I think that's 11 goals conceded from corners yeah. they've played 22 that's one every two games i mean that you think back to your career rob we both played for for many 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 years like i i never I, that was never the, one in two games every other game you can see that from a corner plus they've conceded more from from set pieces yeah 14 14 in total yeah 11 from the corner it, it does start to get in your head doesn't it and mm. i know there was periods where we did concede a lot of set pieces we did a ton of work on it they yeah. get a corner kick and everybody's on edge because they know how important it is. And it seems that the more you, you, you worry about it, it continues to happen. So there was a ton of players around the goalkeeper, not really marking the West Ham players. Craig Dawson is brilliant attacking. He's brave, not one of the biggest yeah. centre-backs, but a brave guy at heading the ball and attacking set pieces. He gets equalising goal. And the Leicester fans are unsatisfied. West Ham United, Rob, I would say unsatisfied. Yeah. Not not them either was it it wasn't no, it wasn't a good performance but we yeah. just talked about united we just talked about tottenham Hotspur, yeah. and now west ham who wants to finish in the top four i mean it's <laughs> it's incredible i expect them yeah. to take control and yeah. drive on and win this game yet they looked kind of average and maybe a little yeah. tired i don't know yeah. this midweek game of course they played on the tuesday and mm. leicester played on the thursday so less rest for leicester but that handball from aaron creswell robbie Earl, right before yeah. half time the atmosphere they go in at half time, it's a different vibe, and they come out and look the better side in the second half. So, Yuri Tillemans actually looked more like himself, Rob. Certainly, as the game got on, second half, he got on the ball, he made things happen, so he hit cross field balls. And I mean, he's a talent, there's obviously a bit of noise around him now that he's not going to be signing a contract in his likes of Liverpool, supposedly, um, looking maybe to do some business in the summer with a year on his contract. I'm sure Leicester are going to want to get a good fee for him. So, I mean, that's. Challenging times for, for Brendan between now and the end of the, end of the season. They, they actually go in the Europa Conference League. I know he didn't know anything about it. And they're playing a team called Randers that I don't know anything about, <laughs> which is a bit of a slap in the face for this Leicester City team who we've seen over the current seasons, challenging for Champions League, winning FA Cups, going back further, winning a title. Um, just a little bit of a testing time for Leicester, the group, the football club. And I hope they don't, nobody does anything silly or rash. I think there's yeah. a group, group of players there. I thought there were signs, Robin, second half. They looked a little bit more like themselves. Obviously, the, the goal is, 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 a, is a crusher for them. But, um, yeah, I just hope, you know, they can work through this together uh, collectively and come out the other side. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Jamie Vardy, 
I know with his age and stuff, mm. and you can't rely on that sort of player forever, obviously. But I don't know his personality, his character, the way he runs, the way he chases, the way he's so hungry to play well and score goals. I think they're missing mm. that. I think there's been a lack of sparkle about the team, Rob. When yeah. you when you finish, you've had a good run at the top four for the last two seasons, mm. and yeah, they dropped out to fifth both times. But it's kind of, I would imagine. <laughs> It must be fun to be around the top four and yeah. challenging for that and trying to defy the odds and be that team that can get in there. And when you have a bad start, you have injuries, you're at mid-table, I kind of get it that things mm. go a little flat. It was a little flat and then it wasn't yeah. a little flat. And yeah. they kept going again. And like you said, those flashes, when it when the football starts to flow and the energy starts to flow and the crowd there starts to... Then it's like, well, yeah, that's the Leicester that we've known and loved over the last yeah. few seasons. So um, they've got to get it going again. Um, it might be that the, the club... The squad need a, a big reset, Rob, in the summer. Just a big mm. reset. Get some of these players back. I mean, there's a ton, still a ton of injuries to, to important players that seem to have been out forever, by the way. And you think of Fafana and Johnny Evans and, yeah. of course, Jamie Hardy. So, you know, it, 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 I just, I think it's just unsatisfactory from both sides here. I mean, yeah, when it was yeah. Not, yeah. moving to the table a little bit, it was a great weekend for Arsenal. Mm. You know, if you're Arsenal Football Club, you didn't play this weekend. Yeah. And yeah. yet you saw your right. Yeah. you got game, another game in hand then, you know. Yeah, and then people start talking about Arsenal as being mm. potentially the favourites. They've got two games on Manchester United. They've got three games on West Ham United and, yeah. you know, only two points behind West Ham. So mm. they should, you know, with with reasonable form, find a, a way into they that do. top four over the next few weeks. Now, whether they're going to be good enough to stay there, we'll have to wait and see. But good well, Whether they're good enough to stay in there, whether they're good enough to keep... 11 players on the pitch with us. Yeah, so no, 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 but yeah, yeah. They, they've got a chance. Let's, let's take it to Chairman more, mate. Was it was it yeah. not the best day we've ever seen in Britain? Rain, wind blowing before uh, a ball was kicked. Burnley home. Um, having played well again in the second half against uh, Manchester United to get a 1-1 draw. Kind of in a, in a not brilliant game, but created, I thought, some really good chances in the first half. And about Veghorst, their new signing, $16 million from Wolfsburg, played up front with Joe, Joe Rodriguez. And they had a couple of good looks, Rob, before Liverpool got yeah. the, the goal before half-time. And there's only 17 goals scored all season. Veghorst has been brought in to replace Chris Woods, basically to score goals. Can he get double figures, you're hoping, between now and the end of the season to give Burnley a chance? Listen, it's difficult, this league. It's difficult to come in, especially as a centre-forward. We've seen so many of them come from other leagues, scoring goals and struggle. But he's had a couple of looks, Rob, and he's not quite found the right technique when he's been placed through one-on-one. Yeah, disappointed finish early on, wasn't it? We tried to chip the goalkeeper, mm. got it all wrong, stubbed his toe, pulled the ball. There's another one a little later on. I think some of these are offside, actually, by the way, Rob. Some of these other chances that look like for Burnley, the flip, yeah, the yeah. Down, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, when, when you create a couple of chances against Liverpool and you haven't scored, well, you scored mess, you know, less than a goal a game in the Premier League, then you really do have to take them. I mean, I am a bit, I am continued to be worried about Burnley. I've been worried about them a long period of time now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I'm a Burnley fan, I'm a little bit fed up and frustrated with the investment in the squad. I mean, I know that Maxwell Cornet has, has been a yeah. really good signing. Yeah, yeah. But you had to sell Chris Wood. I think it's around about half the money they got for him. They spent on uh, Val Veghorst, who in some ways looks all right. But let's be honest. I mean, he ain't got any pace. He's six foot six. He'll flick a couple of balls on. Maybe he'll get, he might get two or three goals, Rob. I mean, now he went off injured, by the way, holding yeah, the back of Yeah, he got a bit of an injury. Yeah, that's, that's a worry. Nice. That's a worry. Again, which is good, you know. 
I don't know. I mean, of course, this is you can't judge them too harshly on a no. game against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but it's start, the maths is starting to, to not add up, Rob. I, I look, check back, you know, and the fewest points and, and wins to stay in the division is 34 points and it's six wins. Nobody's ever got fewer than those numbers mm. to stay in the Premier League. Burnley have got one win. They got, they've got to win five games, really, if you're going to go on that. Yeah. Five games in, what is it, 17, almost almost mm. one in three win to mm. get to that kind of you know record. 34 yeah. points, 20 points, Rob. They've got to get 20 points. That's five wins, 15 plus some draws. So I know they've got a couple of games in hand, but yeah. now there's seven points from safety. I mean, it's it, now it's alarm bells, Rob. You know, I think we can all say, and you say at times, you know, in, in mm. Dice with Trust, and he said it. I've watched all his press conferences, and he believes in the in the philosophy, yeah, believes yeah. in the defensive strength, and does it, does it believes they can get out of it. I'm saying now it's starting to be wow. You, you've got to put a run of wins together. That of course, after 21 games and one win, is tough to imagine. Yeah, listen. Uh, it, it's an audio argument, and and the problem is Rob, 17 goals only know you've scored fewer. Um, you buy, you've bought a centre forward and you need to get your goals. He's got to deliver the goals or else you, you're going to be in trouble. And the, the thing that, that gives me and possibly Burnley players and Sean Dyche hope is other parts of the team function. The defence club have conceded 29 goals, the fewest in the bottom half of the table. So defensively, this team ain't bad with a good goalkeeper so, behind so what have you got? To, so what have you got to do then? I know what I wanted to. You've got to turn more, more, more hot chances into goals. You've got to turn up the attacking dial now and then. Sometimes in that corner and McNeil or hey, hey, look a bit hey, higher and, and, and go and win some. Take a bit more of a, a calculated right. gamble against certain people. You might not want to do that against Man- uh, uh, right. Liverpool, but you might in certain games have to go. We need to go and get three points today. Yeah. And I still think this team has the capabilities of doing it. I still do. And I know what you're saying. They've got a couple of games in hand. I mean, they're, they're still robbed. They've won one game all season and they're not adrift. They're not totally adrift of anybody else in the bottom three. There's one point between them and, and Watford. There's three points between them and Norwich. And yeah, at the moment, there's seven points between them and Newcastle. But listen, it, it's let, out let me, there. Right, let me bang out the next six. You're going you're gonna to give me, a, you're gonna give me a, a win, draw, loss on the next six games. Brighton away, next game. Draw. Tottenham at home. Win. Mm, maybe. Crystal Palace away. They could win that. Draw. All right. Win ball, draw. Chelsea, Chelsea at home. Lose. Brentford away. Win. And Southampton at home. Draw. So there's two wins there. You've got in yeah, six. Two wins in, in two draws. That's eight, that's eight points, maybe. Yeah, in the next six. Doable, Robbie Musto. Oh, yeah. In Sean Dyche, I'm going to keep trusting. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Anything can happen, my friend. In Sean, Liverpool, Rob. I mean, yeah, good lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Given, yeah. given the, yeah. uh, you know, you got yeah. Fabinho, you got the experienced boys in there. A bit of physicality in midfield, and mm. in Henderson and, and Fabinho and Cater. Thiago, come on, Rob. I thought the control game when they got ahead, yeah, possessed yeah. the ball a little bit more. Mm. Only run out of steam a little bit in the second half. I mean, we've talked about Liverpool looking really, really good yeah. in recent weeks. Um, European football for them, isn't it? European yeah. football. Inter Milan. Uh, Inter Milan on Wednesday. Wednesday, is it? On Wednesday. Inter away. Wednesday, yeah, yeah, in Milan. So, but but good for them, isn't it? They've just got to keep... It wasn't... Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of ugly, but they'll take it. 
and you use the players as they need to, Rob. The squad's quite big now and down the track as yeah, the, the game comes up. As yeah. City, we've seen, use those options and, and keep... Let's just hang in there, like, you know, from Liverpool's point of view. Like, let's have a title race if, if we can. Let's go to the uh, league leaders, Manchester City, who went to Norwich. Lost there a couple of seasons ago and I'm thinking, well, could it be one of those days? We talked on a poddy, didn't we, that they just have those, an odd day when it cannot go right. We saw yeah. at Spurs, we saw at Palace. Yeah. It wasn't to be one of those days, was it? Because you kind of know with City, after about 10 or 15 minutes, you go, no. They're yeah. just dominating the ball. They're just getting in those hot spots. They're just waiting. Sooner or later, it's going to come. It does. And once it comes, it's usually a barrage. Ends up four with Sterling getting a hat trick. Uh, clean sheet again. Um, City being City, really, Rob. And, and maybe City fans would say we don't give them enough credit. I think we do. I mean, we're two people who do appreciate what they do and how they do it. And I, I talked on air about, you know, the skill and the goals and the speed and the passing and all that stuff. The attitude, Rob, as well, is still great. You know, to be winning that regular and not take your foot off the gas, to not sometimes turn up and think, ah, oh, we'll do, you know, this is another three points. It never seems to be like that. That's a credit to, to the manager and the culture that he's created around the football club. Yeah, listen, it's a joy to watch them, mate. It's a joy to watch them. We see the same things every single week. Yeah, now, yeah. I know that teams have scouting um, departments and they'll scout on the team and what they can do good. Well, we see it every week. And I don't know whether a team spends that much time prepping for Man City. It's the same way they beat you every single time. They hammer you down one side. They create a little triangle to outnumber you with those runs from midfield to get behind. They pull the ball back for tapping goals. If it's not on one side, they switch it quickly to the other side and try and do it there. If it's not on, so, so they hammer each side. Yeah. There's never as well, by the way, Rob. I remember doing a lot of commentaries, you know, in, in previous kind of, I guess, jobs and parts of the job. And I've talked about other teams possessing, possessing yeah. set, um, and lacking penetration. Yeah. Well, Man City rarely pass for the sake of it. It's always yeah. full on. It's full yeah. on. It's attack, attack, attack. Whether it's a direct ball over the top, whether it's trying to play through the middle. If you're if you're Norwich in this game, I feel sorry for them. I'm almost, I'm almost exhausted watching them trying to stop City's football. And yeah. I think you I think you made a good point, by the way, because I think. City, the first 10 or 15 minutes, sometimes, I mean, very rarely, but you're like, I ain't quite at it. And they're at it. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. They're trying to find a way. The striker thing, I hold my hands up in, in absolute uh, defeat that the lack of striker was going to mean too many games where they, they couldn't find that final touch. Mm. Their football is so good, Rob, that, yeah. it, that it doesn't matter who's in the box. It doesn't yeah. matter. The chances are so clear that they just need a player with technical ability, which yeah. they've got a ton of midfield players, small, yeah. tall, doesn't matter, and they score on the goals. Ryan Sterling Rob's on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's monotonous, and, I, and, and Norwich have been better, been more competitive, but City, I mean, they, they win games easier than, than, than anybody else most weeks, not just because it's Norwich. Interesting next weekend as well. Next uh, City face Tottenham next Saturday, 12.30 p.m. on Big NBC. That's, uh, remember Spurs beat them first game of the season. season you know Spurs. They got batted, by the way, but got 1-1-0, but found, found a way. How does Spurs um, stop City, Rob? How the heck are, they, are we expect Spurs to st- with their defensive well, Spurs, Spurs have got to look for, and when it may come the, the rare times, quick transitions, maybe a turnover possession, and then get your front three to try and hurt them, hurt Man City the other way. So whether it's Kane, Mora, and and, and Son, Pentacore uh, at least Rob is in there. If he's one of them players who can look for a forward pass and maybe get listen, it, 
this top of the table, they're, they're top, joint top scorers, the best defensive record because they're the best team in the league. But you've got to try and find your way. To, but the problem for Antonio Conte is he hasn't got a durable defence that can handle what City are going to throw at him. No, no. And they're, going to, they're going to throw it from all angles. So, mm. But really good game to look forward to next weekend. Uh, next game, my friend, is... This weekend is at Goodison wow. Park, my friend. Everton, based wow. Leeds United team. With the pressure, the spotlight and everything else on Frank Lampard and this group of players who won one game in the last 15, were in all kinds of terrible form, did have Dominic Calvert-Lewin back in the team, which is important, did have a first Premier League start for Donny van der Beek. Deli Alli started on, on the bench. He didn't have great... Uh, Yami Mina is out for a while, Godfrey's out for a while, so it's Holgate and Keane. And it's one of them, Rob, where... In fact, if this game didn't start well, this game doesn't start going in the wrong direction. It could have been a really, really difficult afternoon for Everton. But credit Frank, credit his team. I thought were brave. I thought got on the ball. I thought created a good atmosphere in the stadium. The fans played their part. And it was actually a really satisfying, I think, performance. Three goals. Uh, could have been more. Van der Beek, I thought, was excellent with his continuity play. Tablet Lewin, a little disappointing. I'm not sure if he's 100% fit or he needs a little bit of time to, to get up to speed. And I just, there was one guy who, who was close to my underappreciated player of the week, actually. Anthony Gordon, my friend. Well, there's a couple. I think, have we had him before? We, we might have had him I'm before. I'm not sure if we had him before, but I quite like well, him. Well, on the grade. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the, the other one, of course. I just think it's a little earlier, is Donny van der Beek. You talk yeah, underappreciated. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. You know, like we talk about Man United's potential issues in midfield. I mean, he yeah. looked super comfortable, Rob, in the middle of the mm. park with Allen alongside him. He can get forward a little bit. He got forward for the goal, didn't he? he got yeah, forward yeah. For, cross, yeah. Um, for, that, for that goal. Um, I mean, I, I, my main point was that's the Everton that the fans want to see. Mm. No question. Not complicated tactics. It's pretty much a simple 4-4-2, but a ton of energy and of effort and of, of mm. desire and of fight. And um, You ain't got to worry about your, your defensive liabilities if you've got that forward momentum. Front yeah. foot, press, tackle, get it wide, make chances and score goals. That was Everton through and through. Now, I'm sure yeah. Frank Lampard, I mean, fair play to Frank Lampard, by the way, Rob, because yeah. that was a water. And we said, oh, what a big game it was in terms mm. of the table and pressure and all that kind of stuff. What a way to come through it. Yeah, what a way to come through it. And that is, you bottle that up, mm. that, that's Everton Football Club is what I remember it, Rob. And you can go back to the Dogs of War and, and even yeah. further back to title yeah. winnings and, and, and brilliant teams they've had before. Our candle teams, yeah. And I've listened to a ton of Everton fans. Mm. We listen to the radio and podcasts all the time. And that's what they want. It was a yeah. brilliant... Uh, game to win that 3-0 yeah. against a side yeah. that is super awkward and got outworked. Have we yeah. ever said that? Leeds got outworked. Yeah, and couldn't handle an Everton team. And just before we move on as well, the other guy I just want to mention, and uh, he got the first goal, Rob, and he, he listen, not renowned for his goals. Seamus Coleman, by the way, yeah. is the right kind of player Frank Lampard will absolutely love in his dressing room. Yeah, probably coming to the end few years of his Premier League career. Tim Howard already spoke, uh, I spoke to Tim about him and he said, you know, he's the sort of player that they'll keep on the staff. You know, he's been there that long, he's important. 
But his, his energy, Rob, his enthusiasm, the way he plays. And, and I think I mentioned it on the broadcast. There was a lovely shot at the end of Coleman yes. with his arm around Alex Awobi. Alex Awobi's had a, had a difficult time and not always always going to start in and out. And listen, I don't know the words, but the body language and, and the way the conversation looked is me saying that a captain and older pro going to Alex Awobi, you can be in this team if you work hard and keep those stands and play like that. But that's got to be every week. And, it, and it, unfortunately for us and Alex Awobi, it isn't every week. He, he's a bit up and down. But it was a brilliant shot of an older pro on a good day when they've won, almost passing on his knowledge, passing on his help to say, this is a standard. This is what Everton Football Club needs and wants. And you can be part of it. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. And there was a shot of him. And the shot was from behind. And they had arms yeah. over each other. Yeah. And he yeah. kept going back common to him. Mm. He kept saying, no, you. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's I mean, coming had a great day. Scores a goal. But yeah, he was... He, and mm. this is part of by the way. Because they're, they're on the right side. Full-back yeah. and right-side midfield okay. player. So you yeah. work as a team. as a partnership. Mm. You, you, you know, Common will want him to come back and help defensively. Yeah, so yeah. that's what he's saying. You helped me defensively. And mm. you did a good job going forward. Yeah. Um, it, it was... A really important day, Rob, and uh, yeah. the pressure that was on them. It was a complete performance in some ways. And, mm. you know, we talked about relegation being close by. Yeah. It's such a, it's, you know, of course, in terms of table position, they're still, they're not good at 16th. No. But the confidence that that will give them mm. and the belief in the fans that something, you know, and I yeah, say, right. I'm not yeah. saying that this is the start of something special, but the, the start of something that might be more encouraging, yeah. particularly with that energy and effort and, and, and flipping tempo, mm. that's all that they, that's a minimum requirement really at Everton. So brilliant, great day for Everton Football Club, really was. And when, and when you take that, as you say, that, that intensity and that effort to a Leeds team, and we know and Leeds can't live with sure. you, that, that's some, you know, yeah. some high praise indeed. So yeah, well done Everton, well done Frank Lampard, first three points. In the Premier League. Let's quickly go through the other games, mate, and, and move on. We've got uh, Brentford 0-0 with Palace. A couple of chances maybe in the first half for each team, but um, point of peach, a piece for those in the London derby. Watford 0, Brighton 2. Uh, Brighton continues to get the goals. Mope scores the first with a lovely, well-executed sort of volley as the ball came into him. And then I think it was Webster who, who found himself in a six-yard box and towed it home to give Brighton a 2-0 lead. Watford... I think that's going to be a struggle, Rob, for Roy. I know, you know, it'd be almost fairy tale if he can come back and keep him up, but I'm afraid that one doesn't look great. The other big game uh, was at Kid James's Park, Newcastle versus Villa, Stevie G versus Eddie Howe. And Newcastle get the win, my friend. Newcastle goal scorer continues to be an important person, Kieran Trippier. Mm. And I'm going to go straight to it, mate. My underappreciated oh. performer oh, yeah. of the week, Kieran Trippier. The first player in the door at Newcastle, and everybody saw it with the big Saudi investment. It comes from Atletico Madrid. Eddie Howe talks about how important he is in the dressing room as well as his ability. We've seen him for England. We've seen him for Spurs. We've seen him for Atletico Madrid. I mean, Simeone didn't want to lose him. He did. And this guy's come up with a couple of goals. Apparently, he's been a driving force in the dressing room. Bad news. Well, we hope it doesn't get any worse that he came off today, had a scan had a protective boot on, was on crutches. Hopefully that's precautionary because they would miss him, Rob, over the next few weeks if he's not there. Because you just get the sense and the feel Eddie's starting to turn this thing around a little bit and Trippier's been a big part of that. Yeah, Captain uh, Armband, uh, yeah. you said today, Rob. And, uh, you know, it's a great shout, you know, underappreciated because can you remember all the flack that Gareth Southgate got for playing Kieran yeah. Trippier, Trippier right yeah. back mm. for England yeah. when there's all these other 
right back's doing such a brilliant job in the Premier League. He's a class performer, superb attitude, and a little bonus, he's brilliant at taking free kicks. Yeah. It was a, it was yeah. a, a really, it was a big deflection there. It was kind of a weird move um, in the in the midfield area. In, I can't remember who it was now. It, it just flicked off his oh, spine. Oh, Gwendia, Gwendia. Gwendia, he was down. He crouched down, Robert. I'm, I'm assuming to let the goalkeeper see it. Free the ball, yeah. And then he stands up, and of course he's then standing up. He throws his leg out. So that wasn't—I don't think that was particularly great uh, from their point of view. Aston Villa, who are not uh, kind of you know, dropped off a little bit. Mm. But my goodness, Newcastle—you know—this is what the fans want, Rob. They wanted new yeah. manager, new ownership, attacking football. Eddie Howe, Rob. We said like he's going to try and play himself out of trouble. It's his philosophy. Yeah. He said it himself yeah, yeah, many yeah. times. I don't know any other way. Mm. And my goodness, you know, with with the victories now—is that three on a spin for them? Yeah, I think it's fifth time for three on the spin. Yeah, yeah they got, they got 21 points and, mm. you know, fourth spot right now. There's fourth, they're four clear of, of Norwich. Uh, they're six clear of, of Watford. So, you know, I thought they might find a way to get out of it because it looked pretty, yeah. um, pretty yeah, bleak. I've got to admit, I wasn't as convinced and, and no. I'm, you know, sure they had to get wins and he's done what I think Burnley need to do. As you said, Rob, they've got to put some back-to-back wins together and see if he can yeah. change the look of, of what the bottom table looks yeah. like. Listen, there was one big big game going on at the weekend. It was Chelsea who won the FIFA Club World Cup uh, against Palmeiras. It was 2-1 after extra time. Um, Kai Havertz coming up with a big goal again. I know it's it's one of those things that split opinion on, well, some don't feel it's a, a trophy a competition worth that much store. Others suggest it's another trophy that's won that Champions League winners and others go into. Yeah. Um yeah. Chelsea do what Chelsea do, Rob. They get they get to finals and and they win things. And I think that completes the full complement of club cups that they can win yeah. from domestic, European, yeah. and now the Club World Cup. Um, yeah. Nothing but good things to think and say about it, Rob. You know, yes, they're away. Yes, other teams might have got a slight march in the league, but it's a I think it's a prestigious trophy to win. I think it is. Of course, qualifying for it is incredibly difficult. Yeah, but once you're there. I mean, you've got to try and win it. I mean, no, no matter what what people think about it, based on, you know, some of the other teams in different uh, sectors of the world. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if you go there, you want to win it. The Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea Football Club, was there, wasn't he? Was there, there, oh, yeah. he's holding the trophy. Absolutely. Spoke to Thomas Tuchel, talked about their conversation later afterwards, and Thomas mm-hmm. Tuchel was, was really, I don't know, I kind of liked his words, Robbie, saying it's for you. You've yeah. made this happen. You've brought this club. You've taken it from from, you know, not a great place into a club that's won everything you can win, yeah. uh, in the club game, for Chelsea Football Club. So, yeah, I mean, Kai Havertz gets a penalty. Robbie scores yeah. a window. He finally gets yeah. this one as well. You know, maybe that will. I don't know. Kick you know, Big big Rom scored, Rob. You know, these, these good enough things. You know, yeah. it's a group. It's a group together, and I think a couple of the big like Manchester United could do with. Winning something in that dressing room, yeah. winning collectively in that dressing room, that can never be a bad thing. Can never yeah. listen. I used to, I used to celebrate winning games in training because it pulls yeah. you together. And you know, and I don't think it can any it can be anything wrong with, with me winning winning a club World Cup. And, and well done for Chelsea for doing it. Yeah. Yes, uh, one or two have got a march in the league, but uh, another trophy in the Chelsea um, cabinet. Listen, mate, that's time. Uh, Matrix twenty five. 
The top two won, the bottom three lost. Wolves beat Spurs, so they are now challenging for the fourth spot. We'll be back on Wednesday, that's February the 16th, after the first round of knockout games of the Champions League. For Sporting, they'll host Manchester City. Liverpool, they're going to travel to Milan to face Inter Milan. That's going to be a big one. We're going to get ready for the 50th Super Bowl, Mr. Musto, jeans, t-shirt, and I still find myself a cold beer somewhere. But for now, I'm Earl, he's Musty, together with two Robbies. Thanks for watching Muslim. Be safe, stay healthy, enjoy the game. Come on, the Rams. Good night from me.